take that moment to, to step in a bit closer and, and not necessarily confront a fear of turkeys, but just step across that barrier a little bit. Before I start something, I'll try and now purge my mind of all of what I'm containing, reinterpret and put it, put it out and express it in a way that maybe solves different problems. Hi, my name's Chris Meredith. And I'm Paul Fairweather. And welcome to The Common Creative. We're on a mission to capture and share the tools and techniques of creativity. And today we have a special guest, Troy Smythe, an architect uh, and um, all-round great guy. So, Troy, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Chris, for having me. But first, a word from our sponsors. Both Chris and Paul help companies embrace creativity in the workplace. For details of their online masterclasses, head to Eventbrite and search Paul Fairweather or Chris Meredith to find out more. So, Troy, um, give us a thanks for coming along today and for your time. Give us a uh, very quick potted history of your career. I know that you uh, started the heights of working for me for, for many years and uh, tell us what's happened since then. Well, uh, not to make us all feel old, Paul, but that's coming up to 20 years uh, shortly. So, you know, uh, quite a bit's happened in that time, as you can imagine, life life gives you. Um, but I, I guess uh, my sort of uh, backstory a little bit is, uh, you know, uh, being an architect, um, I've got a, my own practice. Um, it's gone through many different iterations and changes over the years. Um, I've had quite a few opportunities to, to I guess, um, explore a few different locations and a change of outcome that sort of you know, life circumstances has, has gifted me an opportunity to try a few different things. Um, and I guess more recently, I've sort of, I guess, uh, thanks to the changes of COVID, just had a little bit more space to, to review the scene and, and see the world in a different way, I guess. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Now, Troy, we were speaking uh, a couple of weeks ago and you were telling me a great story and observations about turkeys or brush turkeys and leaf blowers and how that sort of applied to leveraging your life, I suppose, and particularly around uh, creativity. So I wonder if you could uh, just share that story with us. Yeah, so um, I guess we've got an office in, in Brisbane and we just moved uh, moved into this location uh, about a, a month or two ago. And as you do in any new environment, you sort of, pay a bit more attention to things and then they become normal and you, you, you don't sort of notice the, the scenery is just what it is every day. Um, but for, for some reason on this particular day, I, I, I sort of went for a walk outside just to have a, a bit of a quiet moment and um, I saw this, this turkey on the footpath and um, for some, I guess, point of difference that day, I was a bit attracted to go a bit closer to the turkey and just sort of sit on this low wall and, and just give it some time to watch what was happening. Um, and I, I guess, you know, the, the turkey sort of was on the grassy patch of the footpath and just scratching away and it was quite quite methodical. It was it was actually very organised. It was going side to side and slightly backwards and, and then just sort of scratching the leaves and... Um, I then noticed that uh, the the leaf blower man uh, does his routine on the other side of the the road on the footpath, and he started up his leaf blower. And I was, I guess, initially just kind of irritated about my piece being disturbed by this leaf blower. Um, so there was a, there was a turkey on the other side as well, Troy. 
<laughs> yes, in, in in many ways, yep. So surrounded by turkeys constantly, trust me. Um, but you know, in in that that sort of context, you know, you sort of had the the reaction of, I guess, a bit of irritation by the noise effects, and then I then I just sort of thought, I'm just going to see what this turkey's really a bit bit more up to, um, and whether it was bothered or disturbed by the noise or anything going on, and it it just kept doing its thing, um, and I guess the the sort of um, that sort of bubble of the universe gifting you these sort of parallel moments on each side just seemed a bit unique to me at that that point. Um, you know, you had this turkey meticulously cleaning the, you know, at that point, thinking that it was meticulously cleaning the footpath and had a an immediate disgust for leaves on the grass and so did this, you know, maintenance worker on the other side, you know, doing his routine. Um, and I guess I sort of started to take a little bit more time to think what was really going on in, in this this sort of moment. Um, and it became clear to me that the, the turkey wasn't really caring about the leaves. The leaves were just part of its process. You know, it was um, taking a moment to, to scratch the leaves for sure, but it was also pecking in the ground and getting all the bugs and uh, things along its way. So it was never really setting out to deal with the leaves. It was dealing with its own needs and, you know, just the real basics of, of what it was up to. And the consequence of this outcome was a clean footpath, but not really what the turkey was aiming for. Um, clearly, you know, it, it would be indifferent to that point. Um, and meanwhile, the guy on the other side of the road is is blowing these leaves, making all this racket. He's wiping the sweat from his brow. It's, you know, it, it's an equivalent amount of hard work in the, in the hot sun. Um, and then he scoops up the leaves, puts them in the truck and disappears. Um, I kept watching this turkey sort of go on, a bit more about its thing and realised that as it made its way down the footpath, it, it got to a point where it then turned sideways and flicked all of the leaves up into the nearby garden bed and, and that's where its nest was. So I guess you've got these two outcomes happening at the same time in, in very different ways and it just sort of, I guess, gave me an opportunity to have a think about that moment and just internally reflect on, you know, the results and the end outcome might be very similar, but there's very different techniques and ways of going about things. And that sort of gave me a chance, to, I, I guess, to stay sitting there next to my turkey friend and and then contemplate what, what lessons the turkey was trying to, to enlighten me on. Well, one of the things that we that we talked about and you, your insights that you gave me before was that it was this thing of like leverage, you know, the, the, the leaf blower turkey was literally just cleaning the footpath where the, the, the turkey turkey, the brush turkey, was sort of doing three things. You know, it was, it was finding some food, but it was also building a nest. And as a consequence, it happened to be cleaning the footpath. Uh, and so it's that whole idea of, you know, doing one thing, but, you know, having a, I think you called it the ripple effect of having the ripple effect of it, you know, having influence and, and, and giving leverage in other areas. Yeah, so I, I guess, you know, in sort of thinking about it, the the intent between the two turkeys is, is very different. The outcomes are still very measurable by a, a clean footpath, but that, that sort of sense that um, the turkey's going on a journey, which doesn't start with any greater purpose than fulfilling I its immediate need, um, but by its methodology, like what it's going about doing, um, is cremating all of these positive impacts um, from, you know, its initial task of, scratching leaves um and that sort of made me i guess think 
how often I, I use the leaf blower technique in my own usual life and go, here's a, and being an architect, you're, you're very sort of analytical about something. Um, and, you know, you get given a problem, you get out your toolkit and you work towards what you perceive as the solution. Um, I, I guess the, the live turkey, the, the animal turkey, presented a different picture that if, if you use your skills, not necessarily um, to target the end outcome, but to target the task that you're doing, you can, you can almost achieve things on very different levels and be somewhat more rewarded for your efforts to achieve the same outcome. Yeah. Troy, what if I could jump in? It's fascinating. I, I was sort of almost mesmerized by that story. Uh, and one thing going through my mind, apart from the kind of, I suppose, jealousy is the word to put there, which is this, you know, I, I was thinking, I wish I could have experienced that with you. And the question I have is, is about what gave you the confidence or the state of mind to observe a turkey? We've all seen the brush turkeys around. And you know, most people think, oh, you're a, you're a pest, get out of my way. I'm busy. I've got other stuff to do. You took a moment to look at it and to reflect on it. How did you know to do that? What gave you that? idea well there's a couple of factors that weighed into that um the first thing is i actually have a fear of turkeys so <laughs> when, when i was a, a young boy growing up in central queensland my my neighbor's brother politely said come check out the turkey pen and pushed me in there and locked the gate so i had a, a history of you know having some reservations about turkeys so i i guess it was that sort of i guess moment of security in your own environment, your own space that you're familiar with and going, well, I've seen the turkey around. It never really bothered anything. And I'll, I'll just take that moment to, to step in a bit closer and, and not necessarily confront a fear of turkeys, but just step across that barrier a little bit. So, you know, it wouldn't be a normal thing that I, I would do, Chris. I don't sort of, you know, go seeking wildlife and try and get as close to it as I can. Um, but I, I think it was sort of indicative of... You know, I, I don't think any of us are, are thankful for the pandemic happening, but that, that sort of space that such a, a major moment of, of collapsing everything that you do every day in a sort of not, not so much robotic way for me. You know, every day I was aware was a unique moment um, for what it was. But, you know, for me it, it presented an opportunity to just have things slow down for, you know, probably the first time in, in 20 years um, go, what I'm trying to do today is actually not the most important thing. You know, just having that mind space was really the, the gift that made that moment possible. But, you know, there, there was things that I changed in the lead up to that, that, you know, this, this turkey moment made me realise I had actually gone about a whole bunch of things like the turkey for the past couple of months. Um, and, you know, this sounds really sort of a bit a bit out there, I guess, is, you know, it made me sort of, wonder whether the turkey had a moment of inception over time where I was out there taking a breath of fresh air, really not noticing the, the turkey, but the subconscious was paying attention to the turkey all this time, Chris. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, look, I, I, I love the insight and I love the analogy, you know, the fact of, you know, that, you know, as we know, turkeys, we all deal with turkeys all the time, um, but also, you know, linking it to the leaf blower. Um, my neighbour one day I noticed on Facebook was having a rant about people with leaf blowers, and I, I ha had to admit to her that I have one, but I'd rarely, rarely used it. 
but on occasions now when I do want to use it, I um, I call out to her, you know, hello. And she goes, yes. I go, oh, well, sorry. I just wanted to know whether you're out. <laughs> I, I, I want to use my leaf blower <laughs> you know, and I don't want to end up on Facebook. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it, it is this thing. And, and, you know, and the thing about turkeys, I don't, you probably, you know, there's a, a sort of a, you know, a story that my, my mother used to always say because she grew up in the bush that, you know, her father said you can, you know, the way to cook a uh, brush turkey was to boil it in a big pot with a big rock, and when when the rock was soft, you eat the rock because uh, because uh, they're they're very tough tough creatures. Um, but but now but now protected. But yeah, no, I I really love the the analogy of that whole thing of and, and I've just sort of taken a note there the the leaf blower uh, technique um, of you know I went right you know I, I got a mess here I'm just gonna blow it all away you know so it goes somewhere else and. And, you know, my view is clean, you know, rather than, you know, scratching around, uh, you know, looking, you know, scratching around uh, and doing a couple of things at once to get some real leverage in your life. I think it's a it's a fantastic insight, uh, Troy. It's uh, really uh, quite wonderful. If I could j- jump in, because I have a slightly different take on it, because I, what I heard from you, Troy, maybe we've got two big insights here, um, it, it's... It was about, you, you talked about stepping across the barrier a little bit. And, you know, you've got this personal sort of antagonism, I guess, with brush turkeys. And, and you thought, well, I've got this bad experience with brush turkey. Here is a brush turkey. And rather than kick it out of the way, which you, I think you might have done, it was a case of sit and watch it. Uh, and I think um, that creatives get a lot of inspiration when they test themselves, when they stretch themselves, when they go into new areas. It's those new experiences that give them um, ideas and give them connections that they wouldn't have made before. I guess my question is, do you agree with that? Do you think it's important for creatives to step across the barrier a little bit, to know what your own personal barriers are and then go, well, let's try moving across that barrier in the interest of coming up with good ideas? Yeah, I, I, I very much do think, you know, from a creative aspect of things that that whole taking a step back and having a look at what you're what you're trying to do is in itself a creative moment you know it's it may not necessarily produce a a picture or an artwork but that that whole i guess um layer of, of the process of being creative you know it doesn't just start with picking up a pen and doing something it, it goes with the mind before it of going well um the pen you know, I'm going to need that to draw something or, or to do a sketch or, or design a, uh, a building. But you, you have that initial moment that you're sort of pre, predisposed or, or pre-charged with a level of fear or anxiety about, well, as soon as I pick up that pen, something's going to become a bit more solid and real in front of me. Um, I guess, you know, from having that sort of moment, I've come to sort of realise having a bit of that of my own sort of existence and try and freshen that that sort of approach and now go, what am I trying to achieve rather than I'm about to achieve a drawing or a design? I, I think it's very much very much uh, uh, an essence that I think a lot of creative people probably do but don't realise they're doing a lot of the time. I, I, if you're aware, I, I'm a photographer when I'm, when I'm not doing these podcasts and teaching and when I teach people photography, what I, I try and get them to do before they take a photograph is, is nothing. Put your camera down and look, see what you can see. Everyone sees different things in different ways. It's only when you've got that, 
you know what you're going to take a photograph of. And um, I wonder if there's a connection there because the great temptation is to pick up your camera and kind of twist the buttons and dial up a setting or something. And, of course, I think that gets in the way of the idea of your photograph. And I wonder if you're making the same point that purge your mind before you pick up a pen and try and create a, a, a drawing or a sketch for a, for a structure, you have to have to give yourself the is just of permission to have an idea so that you know what to use that pen for yeah it's very much a case of that i think chris because you know we've got so much guidelines and rules about how buildings are supposed to be delivered either from you know uh, authority requirements or uh, legislation or or even you know the brief that a client tells you and you know nine times out of ten a client will come to you and they'll tell you what they think they want. And one of the skills that I have and many architects and and designers do is to hear what your client's saying and then reinterpret and put it, put it out and express it in a way that maybe solves different problems that they didn't realize they needed addressing from what they're telling you. And I guess that's a daily skill that I use in my work, but I very rarely apply it to myself personally. So these kind of moments of, of, I guess, universal clarity and, and sort of, you know, these these sort of observations have made me realise that I have all of these skill sets that are applicable not from a, a daily work outcome, but I, if I apply them to myself, then, you know, like the going back to the turkey, like it, it's scratching the leaves and cleaning the footpath. But that sort of journey of fulfilling a whole bunch of fundamental needs for yourself uh, in a non sort of selfish way, you know, that, that sort of true intent behind what you're doing can then deliver, a, a, I guess, a, a clarity and a sense of purpose and space into your work and other creative moments that you do. And I guess I start to, to sort of um, notice and feel those moments more after having this turkey outcome. It just sort of, it's like the light bulb went off and go, well, this has always been here. I just got to start actually noticing it. And it's quite adds some enjoyment. I just love the fact that we're getting so much insight from a turkey. You know, it might have been a dolphin or a, a whale shark, perhaps an eagle soaring higher, but no, it's a turkey. It's lovely. It's a brush turkey. <laughs> a brush turkey. But actually, one of, one of the things that I, I just, uh, you know, I think when you're talking about, you know, design and the design process, uh, if we sort of step back from it, you know, there's two things. One is, one is about these, you know, we're talking for about, you know, how, uh, you know, you could like leverage by doing one thing and, you know, and it has a ripple effect. But it's also about the, you know, the consequences of what we're doing. The turkey's actually um, not cleaning the footpath. The turkey's building a nest. Um, so it's actually going about. And one of the consequences is that it happens to clean the footpath. Um, and, you know, and it's it's building a nest. And it's, you know, it's being a... A home builder you know it's it's actually you know got an innate sense of what it needs to do on the other hand uh the person's doing their job uh but you know their consequences you know noise and noise pollution and you know smoke uh which the guy's not probably aware of because he's wearing earmuffs um you know but he's just doing his job uh which is sort of you know it's a really weird thing you know that one's being sort of constructive or one is being constructive while some people see it as destructive you know people with brush turkeys in their garden find them very destructive the other guy you know is actually sort of being not destructive but disruptive uh you know in in the environment so uh i just i just love this and i just i keep on going back to this analogy that they're 
you know, they're both turkeys. Um, and, uh, you know, I just find that fantastic. Uh, <laughs> oh, by the way, Paul, that's not why they wear They wear earmuffs so they can't hear people shouting at them telling them to shut up. That's what the earmuffs are for. <laughs> but, you know, just on that point, Paul, you know, the, the, the topic of disruption, you know, um, from further to this moment, you start to realise that, that out there at different times of the day, this low wall is being sat on by, you know, on and off maybe five or six people and up to around lunchtime a dozen people. And and the the leaf blower guy tends to come out exactly at lunchtime two times, like uh, two to three times a week. So all of those people that would normally sit on that wall are being disrupted by this leaf blower, but it's not their space. It's someone else's property. So they don't really have like a, an ability to complain or, or you know, uh, make them feel special on Facebook is probably about as much of a grasp that they've got for it. Um, but, but, you know, it is, it is that, that whole moment, like the turkey goes about it and people can still enjoy the spaces and do what they do. And the leaf blower man with his machine is, is really causing things to stop and change for that, that moment. It's a very forceful uh, action and outcome in that space where, you know, and if you sort of take that approach from a creative outcome, like it, it just, the turkey's got a flow. It's got a, a rhythm that it goes through to uh, to go through those processes. Whereas, you know, supercharging a moment with a leaf blower and getting the task done at, at a rate of knots is is not really delivering all of the the journey and the insights and you know that opportunity for for creativity and, and a different way of thinking and approaching your problem that you're trying to address. So, Troy, if I'm being super practical now, because I'm uh, thinking for a, a listener out there might be going, we're having this philosophical discussion about an observation of a brush turkey and normal people can't do that they would see the brush turkey and think it's a pest so my question is kind of what are the practical implications of that if if you're listening to this podcast what would you suggest people do to get that flow and that rhythm that you talked about look i I can't really um narrow it down enough because it was a very personal moment of of sort of understanding to deliver a, a sort of I guess, a mantra or a guide to how to achieve it. But if I can give you a different example of, of how, you know, the, that sort of reflection goes from the turkey back to my own personal actions. I, I recently moved, moved my office closer to, to where I live. And initially I, I did that out of convenience for, for family uh, dynamics. But that was sort of, you know, what I thought I was achieving at first. But the consequences or the ripple that I've noticed from from that simple choice, I have one car space at my flat. Uh, I've got one car space at my office. My son has a car, which he needs more than me at the flat. So I now leave my car at my office. So I'm now doing a 25-minute walk to and from work. And I guess it's a bit like the, the turkey moving the leaves that, you can make certain choices that lead you to have a journey rather than set out and achieve an aim. So um, I'm not a big fan of going to the gym or exercising, but I'm now doing close to an hour of walking every day. And I don't actually see that now as a choice. It's just part of the essential task of getting myself between two places. Um, So I think you can almost take that moment to make a simple choice with pure intent, Chris, about what you're achieving and then then expand on it, not not fight it, but just let the, the sort of ripple happen. And I think if you overanalyze things and try and force a ripple, you, you end up making a big splash. And, and in this instance, change of office was a very simple thing to, to help my life dynamic a little bit. It's got 
physical benefits. It's got, you know, emotional benefits. I stick my earphones in and I, I walk and listen to music because I'm next to traffic noise. I'm not taking phone calls like I would in a car. So there's all of these ripples that start to happen. But I think you've got to start with a really simple, uh, simple choice and then work with that choice and let it expand. But but be aware that you can have some positives. You know, I don't look at it and go, oh, I can't drive to work because I don't have a car space. And I have that, that point where I'm leaving the house going, gee, I wish I had my car. I just get in and get it done. Um, I, I think, does that I make that sort of sense? That, it absolutely does. Let the ripples happen. I think the human mind it's it's biased to interpret events negatively. So you just described a wonderful, you you leave the car at the office um, and now, damn it, I've got this bloody walk to do. I think most people would go that way. And you found a way to go, well, hang on, I'm not a gym junkie and now I'm getting some exercise as a kind of byproduct, the ripple effect. I think it's a lovely mindset to have that positive view of the ripple effect oh. and and the bit that I, I i took the same thing uh troy as well and there's something else you said there that you said you noticed and i think this is the thing you know this is all about the noticing you know you 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 noticed the opportunity you know you noticed the the, the comparison between the between the two turkeys and it's at that level and uh you know i suppose as you know in a profession as an architect it's we sort of, you know, I suppose we're expected to notice things, but, you know, it's complex and driven often by a lot of uh, pressures and time pressures. And, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to notice those things that come up that are that are important. So um, so I think that's a, a great insight and a probably uh, a great place to, um, uh, to, to wrap it up because I noticed the time is ticking away. Troy, uh, I... I... Just to say thank you very, very much for joining us today. I've learned a huge effect, a new concept, if you like, the ripple effect of creativity and to notice what's going on around you. I think, I think it's very powerful, very big insight. Um, if anyone's been listening today, uh, please share your feedback. Have you noticed things you didn't expect to notice? Have you got a ripple effect going on in, in your life? Um, please tell your friends if you enjoyed this broadcast and obviously tune in again to The Common Creative next week. Troy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you both for having me. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, Troy. And uh, I, look, I took away, uh, I'm going to use, uh, with your permission, uh, the leaf blower technique as a way of, uh, you know, a, a negative approach to creativity. Uh, but uh, the uh, ripple, a ripple effect of the consequences uh, Troy, I, I think you could write a book about the, the, the two turkeys. Uh, be a, a bestseller. Uh, so uh, thanks for sharing your time with us. No, that's good. I, I'm glad. I think everyone can take away different different versions of the story that means something to them.